Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. Hello and welcome in Thursday edition of the program live and underway here on the Big X. Glad to have you with us today. Complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Busy show today. We had no show yesterday because of Bats Baseball during the day. But back with you here on Thursday, back on Friday. And don't forget coming up on Friday night, Silver Creek Baseball in the 3A state championship game. They will take on Andrean from Gary, Indiana in a big state finale and will be on the broadcast. We will not have the game here on the Big X because of the bats, but we will be on 970 AM WGTK. It's a great signal, and you can listen at WGTKTheAnswer.com as well. I know we had a lot of listeners tuning in for our Silver Creek coverage last Saturday, and we look forward to another chance to broadcast from Victory Field on Friday. First time I've ever done a Friday game, so we'll talk with Coach Decker coming up here in a bit, but look forward to seeing if the Dragons can bring home a state championship again in baseball back to this area. Baseball here has been so good now for so long, and Silver Creek, uh, an opportunity to continue the great tradition they already have with their run in the postseason, but an opportunity really to finish strong with a state title coming up on Friday. Let's look at the show lineup for today, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one, Coach Joe Decker of Silver Creek is going to be with us here in just a few minutes. We'll talk about the semi-state tough day, big day for the Dragons. They advance through two quality opponents down at League Stadium in Huntingburg, and we'll also preview the state final matchup coming up against Andrean on Friday night with Coach Decker. Later in the show, Rick Bozich of WDRB will join us. Uh, Alex is out today, his son, with Inside the Hall, and Rick's going to step in and talk some IU basketball. I'm sure we'll talk lots of stuff with Rick today, college basketball as a whole, the upcoming college football season, and more with Rick Bozich of WDRB Sports. And that's the lineup for today, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service is still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Let's jump into the Thornton's text line reminder. That number, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. If you're looking for an icy, cold thirst quencher to keep your day going in the right direction, right now at Thornton's, all 32-ounce fountain drinks and smaller are only 89 cents. You heard it right, only 89 cents. So come in today and grab a fountain drink from Thornton's and send us a text. Maybe a well wishes to Silver Creek Baseball. Maybe a question for Rick Bozich later in the show. Whatever it is, 502-414-1450. 
Again, 502-414-1450. Coach Joe Decker joins us right now. Coach, congratulations. Great day to be in Huntingburg at a historic league stadium and see the Dragons play such great baseball. I thought you beat two quality opponents. Double games in one day, always tough for coaches and players, and now you're headed to a state championship game. Yeah, it was a, it was a long day for sure. Um, and you're, you're absolutely right that both teams we played were really, really good. Um, I thought our guys played really, really well, probably two of the best games we put together back to back, you know, just as a whole. Um, but, uh, no, they, uh, it, it was a long day, but it was, it was obviously a good day. All right, Coach, a lot of big performances, and I thought some really good pitching over the weekend. You talked about the quality of the two opponents that you were able to beat. That's what you work for all season. You you guys take on all comers. Local competition's good. You guys travel and play when you can. Uh, that is all in preparation for a big day like the semi-state. Yeah, we start out the, the past two seasons. We've uh, uh, gone down to Tennessee to play. Um, you know, two years ago we played a – a school, Hartsville, Alabama, that won the Alabama State Championship. And then this year we played in Macaulay and, and Clarksville, Tennessee, that were both top five teams in Tennessee. And, and that's kind of the whole thing is try to get us, you know, play as good a team as we can play during the season to get us ready for the postseason. Coach Decker of Silver Creek joining us here in this first segment of our Thursday program. Coach, it's always a fun week. Each week in the postseason, the number of teams still competing in our state narrows down. And this, obviously, a special week because you're going through practices, win, lose, or draw Friday night for the final time with this ball club and really the final time for you as the head coach of Silver Creek Baseball. How special is the preparation and the lead-up to a big game like a state championship? Well, it's, it, it's kind of twofold. The, the, the week of the state championship is a lot of extra stuff for the coaching staff. Um, just, you know, uh, all, this, all the stuff you have to do for the ITSA and, and Victory Field and the meetings and all that other stuff. And uh, obviously you have a little more media stuff, but we try to keep it as normal as we can for the players. But, Matt, in all honesty, like I think past two weeks our players have been so over-practiced, like they're just, they're just like, can we just go ahead and play? <laughs> they just get to the point where, you know, we, we've practiced since basically January. And uh, at this point, we really just, uh, our practice consists of let's stretch, throw, do a little fundamental stuff, situational stuff, and then hit, and then get them out. We don't want to keep them there too long. So uh, at this point, they're, you know, it's kind of the Allen Iverson. Like, we're talking about practice. They're, they're just going <laughs> to all right, Coach Jecker of Silver Creek with us here on this Thursday program. Coach, um, let's talk about Andrean, a private school from Gary, Indiana. And I know you have great respect for that program. They're the defending state champions in 3A and really one of the great baseball programs coming out of northern Indiana. I think when you look at 3A baseball, southern Indiana, Silver Creek's been the team, and northern Indiana, in many ways, Andrean has been the team. Tell us about your opponent and really kind of a very uh, successful program there over the years. Yeah, they're, they're incredible, an incredible program. Coach Pister's been there 40-something years. He's won, I think, close to 1,100 games. Uh, you know, he, they do things the right way. And, um, you know, w when we played them in 2018, uh, they, they pretty much had a college lineup. I mean, they, they had their, their pitcher was 95 going to Vandy. They had their eight hitter, I think was going to ball state. So, so uh, this team that we're playing this year is a much different team. Um, there's, 
they have a shortstop going to Notre Dame that's only a sophomore. But other than that, it's a bunch of just good, solid baseball players um, that buy into Coach's system. Uh, um, I, I think it's uh, um, a good opportunity for us. I think they're good, but uh, I, I think we have a very good chance on Friday night. What do you think about the Friday night game? I believe the last time you hooked up with Andrean, it was a Saturday game. We've been to the state finals a lot as a radio crew to carry some of the local teams, but never had a Friday night game. A little different. Yeah, at first, at first when I saw the time come out, I was, I was, I was kind of upset. I was like, oh, I was hoping we'd get Saturday. And then the more I thought about it and the more the, the week kind of went on, uh, I, I think it's going to be pretty neat. I think we're going to have a good, uh, a good turnout and uh, – um, it's going to be late. Like, it says 8 o'clock start. There's no way this thing's starting at 8 o'clock. But um, it's going to be late. But it'll be neat for a Friday night game under the lights. And uh, I think we'll bring a lot of people. And uh, it should be a lot of fun. Coach, I don't want to so- sound like a broken record. I know that we've had you on during this state tournament run as the last local team standing. But going back to the semi-state for just a minute to start the day off, Preston Burton was outstanding for you guys on the mound and just kind of underscores, I think, this type of season he had and the type of future that he could have as a Dragon as well to have that type of performance in a big postseason game. Yeah, he just seemed to have gotten better and better as, as the weeks go, have gone on, and he's kind of gotten into a rhythm of, you know, pit, pitching once a week has, has been good for him, I think, and, uh, you know, he, he's been – you know, I think he had a two-hitter going into the seventh inning against Evansville Memorial, who's a very good hitting team. Um, he just seemed to have gotten better and better, and as the stage has gotten bigger, he's kind of uh, responded to it. So he's been he's been excellent. So um, hopefully he's got one more good one in him. And then Nate Davidson came back in the championship game against another quality ball club and was able to put together a strong effort, had some support behind him as well in that finale. Uh, two really good pitching performances for your team on Saturday, and that's what you want to see that late in the tournament. Yeah, with Nate, he has, and, and that was kind of the, the, what we were worried about, is he really hadn't pitched in a couple weeks uh, because of the new regional format. And, you know, I think it took him a couple innings to settle in and, uh, us scoring a, a few in the bottom of the second helped, but uh, after Nate settled in, Nate was really good after the second inning. He uh, he did a great job, and 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 the thing about Nate Davidson is, and and you got you probably know this from whatever sport he plays, football and basketball too. He's he's gonna compete no matter what. Like he's gonna battle, and uh, you know he's gonna give us our, his best, and and he's gonna be ready for the moment. So Nate, Nate's a highly competitive kid. And uh, I thought he did a, did a great job for us. Coach, in getting prepared for this interview today, I wanted to go back and talk about some of the highlights from your team in the semi-state games. And looking across the lineup, looking across the different positions, I tell you what, so many standouts for you guys, whether it's a big hit, whether it's somebody that plays their position in a strong way, or somebody maybe that doesn't have standout moments on occasion, uh, but just as a really solid player. You guys seem to have that perfect mix of some stars that can really stand out. A lot of people know who they are, but a lot of guys that just play their role and do a pretty doggone job of doing that. Yeah, and and it's funny you say that. We talked yesterday about uh, the coaching staff that we feel like, you know, Friday night I think the difference is going to be, uh, you know, the, the bottom three guys that you don't expect. Um, you know, Saturday I thought Grayson Dirk did a great job. He had a, a, a great bunt uh, um, uh, Saturday night. Uh, Brady Weitzel has been good the whole 
postseason. He bats ace for us. Um, Nate, Dave, Nate had a big hit. Uh, Spencer Durham uh, is a little sophomore that he had two huge hits. Um, but, yeah, I think when you get to this stage, it's, everybody knows who Jace is and, and, and Dane and those guys and Preston. It's those other guys that, you know, they have to have quality at bats and do, the jo- do their job in the field. And, and we talk a lot about, you know, know what your role is. And at this point, you know, we got some guys that are just they, – they've understood their roles are going to be a, be a great cheerleader Friday night. But uh, it's all part of where we are at this stage and uh, just buying into being, being a part of something special, hopefully. All right, talking with Joe Decker, head coach of Silver Creek Baseball. Coach, I know nowadays – Players with travel ball, they get an opportunity to play in some big stadiums and some big environments. I know crowds and things are just different when your community's behind you, but what's the reaction been a couple years ago with Silver Creek, and what will the reaction be with this team on Friday when they walk into Victory Field in the downtown Indianapolis area, that great backdrop of the city behind the stadium playing on a first-class facility, a first-class field? Well, a few years ago, we, you know, as a coaching staff, we really didn't have any uh, reference point either. You know, it was our first trip up there, and, you know, we tried to prepare them for uh, everything, but we didn't know everything. So I think this go-around, we're a little more prepared uh, on getting them, like, hey, what to expect, like the, the TV timeouts between innings and, and having to sit around for so long beforehand and, and talk them through some of that stuff. But there's still no, like I've tried to tell them, I'm like, there's still no replacing when you walk out on that field and look around and you're going to be like, holy crap, this is pretty cool. Um, and we've just tried to get the, uh, uh, the mentality of embrace the moment, like look around and enjoy it and just take a second and go, holy cow, this is really neat. Like I, I get to play here on a Friday night in June and there's not a lot of kids that get to do this. Coach, for you, how special is it to wrap up a great career at Silver Creek with this type of postseason run, this type of support from the Sellersburg community, and really beyond, and to get to play on that stage Friday night? Well, I've done everything I can really not to think about it, like just to be focused on uh, this game, this team, all that stuff. And I've tried really not to think about it, Um, but it's it's pretty neat. I mean, I I couldn't have written it any better that, you know, my last game, and, and it's like I said Friday or, or Saturday after we won, like I had no idea who won on the other side, but I knew it would be Andrean. Like it just had to be them um, and uh, Coach Pisker, and uh, it, it's going to be fun. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to definitely do the same thing I told my players. I'm going to take it all in and look around and enjoy it, and, and hopefully it ends up with a W. <laughs> Absolutely. Talking to Joe Decker. Coach, again, we've been able to have these fun conversations each week here in the postseason. Congratulations not only on a great season this year, so fun to watch and cover this Silver Creek team, but also congratulations to you on uh, what a way to finish things up, a state championship game coming up Friday night, and look forward to staying in touch with you uh, regardless the result on Friday. But I know I join a lot of people in wishing the very best to you and your team coming up Friday night. Well, Matt, I appreciate it, and thank you for all your support over the years. You guys have been great. And uh, like I said, hopefully hopefully we got one more good one in in us, and uh, hopefully we can bring it home. 
Absolutely. Joe Decker, head coach of Silver Creek, they will take on a solid Andrean team coming up on Friday. And I'm glad Coach Decker said this. It's scheduled for an 8 p.m. start time. I don't see any way the 3A game starts at 8 p.m. We're planning to be on the air about 7.50 on 9.70 a.m. Friday night. But again, uh, because that first game, the 2A state championship between Ileana Christian and Covenant Christian, it's a 5.30 start with all the celebrations. And uh, you never know, sometimes these state final games are nip and tuck and take forever to play. Uh, I don't see how the 3A game starts at 8, but we'll be prepared and ready to do so just in case. And if you can't make the drive on Friday, I know it's hard to get up there. You're working and so forth. But we'll be on the air uh, coming up Friday night about 7.50 on 9.70 a.m. WGTK. And for those of you that like to stream, I know a lot of people listen when they're at the game. There's a little bit of a delay, but it's WGTKTheAnswer.com. Again, WGTKTheAnswer.com. Obviously, 9.70, one of our sister stations here at the Big X. We'll head to a commercial break. When we come back, Rick Bozich of WDRB Sports. We'll talk IU basketball, college hoops. I'm sure we'll get into some college football as well. Always fun to catch up with Rick. We'll do that next here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this in for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. We are back on this Thursday edition of the program. Just a reminder, Silver Creek Baseball in the state championship game will have the broadcast Friday night. It will not be on the Big X due to coverage of the Louisville Bats. We will be on 970 AM WGTK. And again, I know a lot of you like to stream it online. WGTKTheAnswer.com is the website. WGTK. TheAnswer.com. This segment brought to you by Todd Coleman's Classic Furniture, where you can save 25% during their pre-grand opening sale at all three locations. They've got two in downtown New Albany and their newest location on Veterans Parkway in Jeffersonville. Normally, Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall with us in this segment. Today, it's his father, Rick Bozich of WDRB Sports. Rick, always great to have you with us and catch up on some hoops and more. Thanks for being with us today. Thanks for having me, man. Always good to talk to you, my friend. We'll get into some IU stuff and college hoops and football in a moment, but I want to start on a local level. Some real surprising news on Monday. New Albany's new basketball coach, Craig Teagle, who was announced in the middle of April, already resigning to go home, go closer to home due to a family emergency was the word, but he accepts another job, or it looks like is in the process of working toward accepting another job in northern Indiana. Kind of a crazy set of circumstances and something with New Albany basketball after the long-term run of Jim Shannon you don't expect to see. Yeah, I mean, New Albany's one of the top 20 jobs in the in the state, for sure. Um, got a great tradition, great fan base. Um you know, we all know how much people love high school basketball in this in this part of the state, and they the Bulldogs deserve a coach who's as passionate about New Albany basketball as the New Albany fan base is. And if this guy wasn't going to be that guy, 
better off that you find out now before he even starts uh, than have him be here a year or two and, and then go on. So it's not ideal to be looking for a coach now, uh, you know, but hopefully they can they can get a guy in there who can bring the same kind of <clears throat> passion that, that Jim Shannon brought, that Don Unruh brought, that Jim Miller brought, that Jack Ford brought, Kirby uh, Overton, all, all the different guys they've had through the years at New Albany. Absolutely. Keeping it local uh, to start, Rick, Silver Creek baseball in a state championship game coming up on Friday, continuing the unbelievable streak of successful baseball in this area. And then Drew Ellis back at least temporarily with the Philadelphia Phillies. He had a couple home runs while in the MLB. Need to see this area continue to have some big moments with baseball. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Silver Creek, got to give them credit. They've been living on a roll in all different sports in recent years. So whatever they're doing there, they need to keep doing because they're doing it well. Drew Ellis is a guy who's had some adversity in his career. I think he was drafted by Arizona. They let him go. He went to Seattle. They let him go. Now he's in Philadelphia. So he's responded the way you're supposed to respond when you have adversity where you don't feel sorry for yourself. You just go somewhere else and try and make an impression there. And he's done it. And the Phillies might be a good spot for him. they got a lot of other dudes in the lineup who can hit, and he can just come in there and be a really good guy in the clubhouse and fill in wherever they need him and contribute when he gets a chance. Uh, there's a lot of money to be made and a career to be built approaching it that way. Talking with Rick Bozich, WDRB Sports. Rick, on today in place of Alex Bozich, let's turn our attention to Indiana and college basketball, and then I want to work to some college football with you in this segment as well. I think every time we have you on, which is maybe every few months, uh, we bring up Mike Woodson. I always ask your thoughts, kind of a report card on how you think he is doing at Indiana. With the results of this past season, making the NCAA tournament again, and with some of the recruiting wins that he's had from the transfer portal and from high school recruiting, how do you size things up uh, at this juncture for Mike Woodson as the head coach of the Hoosiers? You know, I'd, I'd give him a, a B plus probably. Um, you know, they had a good year last year, but not a great year. They they didn't win the Big Ten, uh, even though some people predicted them to, including me. Um, they didn't win the Big Ten tournament. They only won one game in the NCAA tournament, lost to Miami, and the game wasn't really that close. I was in Albany that day. Um, but I try and keep in the perspective of he made the NCAA tournament in back-to-back years, and that's something they haven't done since, I don't think it was since 2013. So he's changing the culture that way where he's getting it back to where making the NCAA tournament is an annual expectation. Uh, the recruiting has been good. Um, I think this year this summer and fall will be a better time to give him a report card because now we're getting into guys who they've had two years the chance to build relationships with and they've got uh, a number of really highly ranked recruits who've been on campus uh, already in fact a couple of them i think are there now um so we'll see how he can do and then next year will be a key year because next year the state of indiana is loaded with some really good players and he needs to, to get his share of guys so Give him a B-plus. I think he's going in the right direction, but still needs to get better. Rick Bozich, WDRB Sports, my guest. Now that rosters, I guess, are almost set, I know there's one open spot for IU next year and a couple potential players that could commit or could take that spot. Any early thought on Indiana in the Big Ten and Indiana as a team next year, uh, what the preseason prediction could be for the Hoosiers? You know, Matt, I think they'll be in a – group of teams fighting for the third, fourth, fifth spot. I think it's pretty clear that 
Purdue with Edie coming back and only losing Brandon Newman will be one of the top two teams. And Michigan State has its top core back, plus you know the best recruiting class in the conference, led by Xavier Booker of Cathedral. Uh, and then two other guys, Jeremy Fears and Cohen Cohn that Indiana wanted, but Michigan State got. So Indiana's you know, third is probably their ceiling, uh, and they're going to be battling with probably Maryland, I would say, and, you know, Illinois, uh, Underwood usually pieces some stuff together and maybe Ohio State. So I, I would say third or fourth is maybe fifth is where they'll be picked before the season. But to me, you know, the key is make the NCAA tournament again because then I think the next year is when they have a chance to make a really uh, a jump. Rick, uh, the transfer portal has provided a lot of entertainment and kind of extended the college hoops calendar, the season of discussion at least for recruiting and rosters for next season. Uh, but things seem to be, uh, in some ways, maybe maybe out of control. Uh, things are definitely different than they were just a few years ago. Do you think things continue as they are with the transfer portal and some of the uh, flexibility that players have? Do you think that NIL, which has been another big change for college sports in recent years, do you think those continue without more regulation or potential changes to lock some of it down? I guess in a nutshell, what I'm asking is, what's your thoughts on the future of college basketball and college sports with all the new things and changes that have come about in recent years? Yeah, I think there'll be more guidelines. Uh, I think there'll be more restrictions put in um the players i think will still continue to get nil deals which that's i'm fine i'm, I'm in favor of that uh, i'm not as big a fan as the transfer portal and i don't know if we've talked about this before with you or i've talked i know i've talked about it with other people that i would like to see the rule tweaked where you can go and play immediately but not after your first year uh you got if you commit to a school you gotta at least stay there two years uh Unless if you transfer after your first year, you got to sit out a year, because I think we're teaching a lot of guys a bad lesson of whenever you hit adversity, I'm just going to run somewhere else and go somewhere else and do something because there aren't really that many freshmen that um, can really play a bunch of minutes in college basketball. It's a time of adjustment, uh, academically, socially, and athletically, uh, and, and the whole situation now is just too chaotic and I've gotten a lot of uh, reaction from fans and I'll admit more and more are older fans who uh, came up with the game under different rules but they don't really like the constant turnover of rosters I mean I think a lot of college fans especially in this area like to see guys come in and then watch them develop and become better players from year to year and I don't think you're going to see that as much anymore and and I, I don't like that Rick Bozich, WDRB Sports. Rick, also your thoughts on Louisville and Kentucky. Coach Payne, year two. There have been some interesting happenings in the offseason down in Lexington as well. What's kind of an outlook for both of those clubs for next season? Yeah, you know, I'd say both fan bases are feeling a lot of indigestion for different reasons. At Louisville, I think Kenny Payne has aced the offseason by getting a nice mixture of recruits and transfer portal guys and rebuilt his roster. And I think he kept the four guys that he wanted to keep. Uh, but Louisville fans need to see on the court proof that they can win games. And that's fair. Anytime you go four and 28, people are going to be very uh, apprehensive. Uh, so he needs to come out and schedule the right way and get off to a good start and kind of get 
more fans back on his side and get more fans in the building downtown because, you know, as Daryl Griffith pointed out at Coach Crum's celebration ceremony, that uh, the fans have sort of given up a little bit in the program and they need to get reinvested. As for Kentucky, um, their roster isn't really as proven as Louisville's. Uh, They're going to be counting on six freshmen, I believe it is, and two sophomores, unless somehow Antonio Reeves does come back. But they're going to be a really young team, and they're going to be a really talented team. But I think we've learned, as I wrote earlier this week, in college basketball, um, freshmen aren't the way to the national title anymore. Older guys. And so um, considering Kentucky has not advanced to the Sweet 16 for the last three NCAA tournaments, uh, their fans are a little bit on edge too, Matt. Absolutely. Talking with Rick Bozich, WDRB Sports. Rick, college football as well. We've talked about the upcoming season for the Hoosiers. There's a lot of unknown uh, with this team. And to be quite honest, just a few off-seasons ago, there was tons of excitement for the first time in a long time about IU football. That excitement has gone to the wayside. Is this a make-or-break year for Tom Allen in the Hoosiers? I would think so. Uh, the only reason that it isn't, I think, is because of his contract. Uh, I don't even. And then last year's buyout was over twenty million. I, I'm not sure what it is after this year. Whether it's, I think I've read sixteen or something, which is a lot of money for Indiana to bite off for football, considering the crowds they draw. Um, I think they're making every effort to help Tom Allen. <laughs> Excuse me, I had a sneeze. Um, succeed. I like the moves he's made in the off season. He got a new offensive line coach who's gotten came from Wisconsin. Has gotten really good reviews. They've hired a couple of other guys on the staff. They did well in the transfer portal, but they're you know unbelievably inexperienced at quarterback with Taven Jackson and and the kid named Soresby. Where when you play Ohio State at home the first game, it's really tough. I mean, um, you know I. I, they won, what, four last year, I think, right, after they beat mm-hmm. Michigan State? Um, you know, they need to get they, – they need to find a way to get to six. And uh, it gets easier for them after this season because they get out of the Big Ten East. Uh, but, you know, they, they need to show progress. And such a lost opportunity two years ago when people were so uh, jacked up for the 2021 season and then, you know, they – started off horrible against Iowa and Tex gets hurt and they lose to Cincinnati and it all goes downhill and you know I don't know it's they, they I look at the schedule and I see the usual you know four wins so they they're better off from the standpoint of expectations have been lowered so maybe they can over overachieve but they, they need to sort of do some things to recapture that positive momentum they had from a few years ago you're right, the Ohio State start on September 2nd. Often, I don't know, hard to recover from, just a tough way to begin things when there is excitement about a fresh season. Indiana State in Week 2 is obviously one of those winnable games, and I think fans really interested, and I'm so glad to see this, Indiana and Louisville, September 16th right. at Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis. I think that could be a decent game. We'll see what Coach Brom is able to do with the Cardinals in his first few weeks. But uh, that's a game that, to me, makes a lot of sense. And I hate to see uh, Indiana-Kentucky basketball. That's been talked about so much. I know Indiana-Kentucky baseball, there's even going to be some changes or that series is not going to continue. But the IU-Louisville football deal is one I'm glad to see, and I think a lot of fans agree with that. Yeah, especially in Indy. Um, you know, 
I've seen IU played what Ball State there one year, and Louisville played. I forgot they played Purdue. I think uh, when Brom was the coach and Petrino was the coach. So it's a nice chance for the players to play in an NFL stadium where the Super Bowl has been played. It's the fan, easy to get to for both fan bases, and it's going to be a big game for both teams this year because you know with nine conference games, Indiana needs to win all of its non-conference games. Uh, so that's big for the Hoosiers and. It's big for Louisville because they open up with Georgia Tech, which they should win. Then I think they have, I think, Murray State. And then they have Indiana. And then the next game, I think, is, it's, it's I don't know, I think it's Boston College. I'm not sure. It's a winnable ACC game. They have a chance to get to 4-0 and and then play Notre Dame, I think, at home and uh, become sort of the talk of college football. So it's a big game for both teams, and hopefully uh, people will show up and support the game. Absolutely. Rick Bozich, WDRB Sports, our guest. Rick, as always, keep up the great work. Thanks for joining us today in place of Alex, and we'll catch up with you again this summer, I'm sure. All right. Thanks. Anytime, Matt. (laughs) All right. Rick Bozich with us here on this Thursday edition of the program. Always great to have Dr. Bozich with us. Great insight. Love reading his work at WDRB.com, the website, and uh, catching him on the evening news, the night news. Great stuff from him, and always glad to have him with us on the program. He can cover a lot of ground, Indiana, Louisville, Kentucky, anything local. Uh, He has been around forever and keeps an eye on everything here in our area. We'll head to a commercial break, come back with our final segment, take a look at some headlines from the day, from yesterday. We missed the day because of Bats Baseball, so a few things to catch up on the recruiting front, and uh, plenty more coming your way next. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You know, a basketball hero around here is treated like a god. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. You know, most people would kill to be treated like a god just for a few moments. Here's Matt Dennison. We're back on this Thursday edition of the program. Glad to have you with us. Uh, 502-414-1450 is the Thornton's text line. Again, 502-414-1450. Joe Decker in the first segment, Rick Bozich in segment number two, and now we'll kind of recap some headlines as we wrap up this Thursday edition of the program. Boogie Flan, the big-time point guard in the 2024 class, six foot three, number six in the class, began his official visit, and I believe it was Tuesday into Wednesday for Boogie Flan in Bloomington. He obviously is a big name for the future of IU basketball and someone that Indiana seems to be very, very much involved with. We'll see if Indiana ultimately can land him. I saw some really good stuff from, I guess you'd call it the media team, the social media people at IU. The more and more they do with these players when they're on official visits to produce videos and almost little highlight clips of them in the locker room and looking at an Indiana locker full of maybe Boogie Flan's future uniform. Really neat how they do it, how they put it together. And Indiana's not the only big-time program 
putting out this kind of content. It's a lot of people doing it, but it does look really good. I know the kids seem to love it, and it's a big part. Marketing is a big part of the recruiting process, and uh, those uh, special moments you can create, Indiana definitely does a good job at that. Also, Indiana basketball, among a number of programs that have reached out to a recent Kansas decommitment, his name is Chris Johnson. He's a 2023 player, meaning he's set to join college basketball some team for next season, a four-star guard. He asked for his release from NI, from NLI, his national letter of intent between NLI and NIL. You get him confused these days, but he asked for his release from his commitment letter and reopened his recruitment. Uh, really, people were expecting him to be on Kansas's campus any day, and instead a big surprise that he's opened up his recruitment. Indiana was one of the initial programs to contact him, according to 247 Sports, Miami, Memphis, Texas, UC. UCLA, Illinois, Missouri, Oklahoma, Ole Miss, Texas A&M, and Washington are the other programs. Indiana obviously has a couple things cooking already, so we'll see how that ultimately plays out. But Chris Johnson, a Kansas commit originally, is another name to consider for IU basketball next season. And I find this stuff really interesting. I hope that you do as well. According to a USA Today sports report from earlier in the week, Indiana earned $166 million in athletic revenue in the 2022 calendar year. So how does that compare with other big-time programs? How does that compare with other Big Ten schools? Overall, of the 52 Power 5 public schools in the rankings, Indiana was number 13th nationally. In the Big Ten Conference, they were number five in conference uh, as far as their competition there. So as a conference, the Big Ten's 13 public schools, which would exclude Northwestern, a private university, totaled $2.04 billion in athletic revenue in that 2022 calendar. The only conference as a whole that was ahead of the Big Ten was the SEC, which brought in $2.14 billion, so pretty close there. Uh, but interesting to see always where Indiana is at and where the Big Ten Conference is at. If you're curious, Ohio State of the Big Ten was number one nationally, Michigan number four nationally, Penn State, obviously because of football, of chief for sure, uh, was number nine nationally, and Michigan State number 12 nationally uh, ahead of Indiana, all from the Big Ten Conference. So I find that stuff interesting. I'm always curious in the money game, income, outcome, budgets, how much they spend, uh, where Indiana stands according to uh, other competitive, other top-level programs in the country. I think obviously money talks. Uh, and can produce results in this kind of stuff. So I do find it always interesting to see where Indiana's at. Texter, or I should say tweeter, uh, sent in to me a note, and I did not realize this, but the Indiana women's basketball program is about to embark or will embark later this summer on a foreign tour to the country of Greece, August 1st through the 10th. That will be fun, something to follow in the summer. They will uh, take their first foreign trip in six years, and they will be in the Gulf of the Corinth, where they will play a couple games, a day trip to Olympia also on the schedule, where they will play a game there as well. So it sounds like a total of 
I think, four or five games for the women's team when they are over in Greece, which is probably good for them with some key graduations from last year and then obviously some key players returning and some new faces coming in to the Hoosiers as well. Probably a good year for a foreign trip. You get some practices associated with that in advance of the trip. You get the games and obviously practices while you're overseas. And neat to see Indiana actually go overseas. It's got to be fun. It's got to be educational. Uh, Greece, I can't imagine going there for a trip and playing basketball. The trend in men's stuff for a lot of the big programs has been to go to the Bahamas, like Indiana did, to go up to Canada. Uh, To me, those aren't truly foreign trips. I know they're probably much more budget-friendly, and they're probably the easiest way to get some practice and games in. But uh, that used to be what it was, big foreign trips to Spain or Germany or uh, Greece to play games. And pretty cool to see the IU women uh, getting an opportunity to go overseas. One thing I did not mention with Rick Bozich that I want to make sure I do, I intended to mention this earlier in the week, but Jim Morris, the former coach of IU Southeast, former athletic director at IU Southeast, he did so much for the basketball and athletic programs overall at that school, passed away earlier this week. He also was a coach at New Albany High School, of the boys' basketball team there for a short time, and Flaget High School that's now closed in Louisville. But a coach's coach, a great man, always someone that you enjoyed seeing at ball games or other community events, Uh, just a special person in our southern Indiana sports landscape, and he should be remembered, he should be celebrated, one of the greats, and on top of that, just an outstanding person. I know in my age group, like so many others, I can remember attending Coach Morris's basketball camps, at least for a summer or two, uh, out at IU Southeast. And how that program has continued to grow after his, after his departure, uh, obviously a lot of, of it, I think, has to do with the foundation he was able to build. But uh, Coach Jim Morris, one of the great ones. It was great to reconnect with him in recent years and a really special person who will be missed, but uh, definitely a loss for Southern Indiana sports. But he should be celebrated forever in our area for what he did at IU Southeast, not just for basketball and athletics, but really for the university, the school as a whole, and just a lifelong basketball person in our area, that is for sure. A public visitation going to be on the IU Southeast campus in the activities building from 1 to 6 p.m. on Saturday and 1 to 5 p.m. on Sunday as well. So a very special uh, person and uh, our thoughts and prayers to the family of Coach Jim Morris. That's going to wrap things up for this Thursday edition of the program, High School Baseball on Friday night. It's our final broadcast of the 22-23 school year. We'll be at Victory Field in Indianapolis. Silver Creek and Andrean, a big 3A title tilt on the line, and will be on 970 AM WGTK. And if you want to stream us online, that website is WGTKTheAnswer.com. Look forward to being back with you tomorrow for the Friday edition of our program. Have a great day. Talk tomorrow. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.